Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. I am your co-host here, Mark Hogan, here with Derek Randall. Derek? Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me well? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. And sounds like uh, we also have a special guest here tonight with Andres. Yep, here I am. Perfect. So uh, welcome everyone to another episode here. It is Thursday, Thursday, September 5th. It is 724. Got a jam-packed episode tonight. We're going to really try and fly Mm -hmm. through because, you know, there's another thing going on tonight. The first football game, the Bears and the Packers at 820 tonight. So really looking forward to the first matchup of the season. We're going to go over all of our start-sit analysis, uh, team matchups, who we think will win and lose, and uh, really kind of fly through everything here on who you should be playing. So um, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, Derek, how about we go ahead? We'll start off with um, – we can start off with, with uh, the girly soy boys and Tom-ass trade offers. <laughs> I don't understand the joke he's trying to make. Is it related to, to Tom? Is that the joke? I don't my, get it. It was, it's to my understanding, that's a, making fun of Tom ass. I thought so. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. a fraternity reference here. I thought so. Yeah. So that's Carl and Jack is girly soy boys. So um, let's go ahead and take a look at this, uh, this matchup here. Um. And I think one thing that at least sticks out to me with Jack's team is that he doesn't he doesn't have a tight end really. He just picked up Mark Andrews off the waiver wire, right? Yeah, it looks like he uh, he just picked him up the other day. So that's gonna be interesting. I mean, I think there's definitely some potential here with Mark Andrews. Uh, he shown showed certainly some signs of light um, over the course of last season, but. Definitely not someone that I feel like I could rely on from week to week here versus, uh, you know, looking over at Carl's team where he has Zach Ertz. How do we feel about this matchup? Uh, I think it's going to be a landslide. Uh, I think Jack's going to absolutely destroy Carl. Why is that? Uh, I think after we uh, we left off our last episode on the draft, I took a closer look at Carl's team and realized just how bad it is. It's, it's not very his, good. He is probably the worst running back core in the entire league, um, especially with Melvin Gordon not being there. His quarterbacks are okay, I guess. He made he made a pretty bad decision in drafting Melvin Gordon, as I think he drafted him pretty high too. Yeah, um, early second round, I believe. But I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that Carl wins this matchup here. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're probably wrong. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear why. Oh, my God. I think Jack's got an easily superior team. David Johnson and Todd Gurley. And they just said today that Todd Gurley is not on a snap count. So he should be the workhorse out there. Chris Godwin is, is in a juicy matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they're, they're pretty soft pass defense. Yeah, Chris Godwin's actually got the best matchup of the entire week one going up against Kawan Williams. Um, so he's, he actually outsizes him, uh, looks like he's going to be matched up with him all, all, all game long. So that looks like a pretty fantastic matchup here for Chris Godwin to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and add into that Lamar Jackson against Miami and their tanking team, obviously after the trades, um, I I think they're just going to ground and pound the entire game. 
I think this came up last season where we we were t- I, I, at one point I was concerned about how um, Jack took the approach of having Gurley and Cooks in the same lineup. Um, clearly, that was not a problem, and I think that's just something um, that I think I probably learned from a little bit last year is that you don't have to like you can have guys on the same team and they can potentially coexist as well if they're if they're really good fantasy players. So. Um, you know, sometimes just think about that when you're drafting here. The one thing I would say is Jack's quarterbacks are very suspect. I agree. Um, That's probably the most volatile of his team. I mean, your two quarterbacks who you don't even know are going to start more than, you know, they could end up playing me out. And he could have nobody starting at quarterback and then some random offensive player position. So he's, I think Jack's probably got this matchup for this week. But going forward, I think it's something to keep an eye on. Like, I, I personally – I am much more confident in Stafford hooking up with Marvin Jones against the Cardinals without Patrick Peterson um, versus Lamar Jackson hooking up with Mark Andrews. Um, and he's also got Rivers. I think Rivers is in a decent decent uh, game uh, against yeah. the Colts. So I'm, I think this is going to be my bold prediction. I'm going to go with uh, Carl mm. beating Jack week one. Okay. I'm uh, I could see it happening. He's I, got a good, few good players. He's got Zach Ertz. That'll be a big factor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Carl Carl just has no running backs. Philip Lindsay is going to lose his job to Royce Freeman. They're already in a timeshare, and Tariq Cohen is an afterthought now with David Montgomery there. I don't think he's an afterthought. I think he takes on the exact same role, and I think you're going to see it tonight. He's 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 a flex play. He's not an RB two. Right. So you know, he definitely is stiff a running back, but he does make up for it for having two legit quarterbacks. Um. But uh, I and, and I think in a full PPR, hurt is bad as if it was like a half PPR or non PPR. So um, I, I think Tariq Cohen, there's there's some flash potential there. He's just kind of fifty fifty. Some games he shows up and some games he doesn't. I personally think he's going to show up against the Packers tonight. Um, and I'm not as worried about Philip Lindsay as you are. So. I really think um, Carl can run away with this game. I think Tariq Cohen's going to score under 10 points. All right, so let's uh, – under 10 points. All right, so I'm going to go over 10 points. So we'll see what happens here tonight. I might have to take the under on that one too. I mean, he's got decent value in PPR. We are in PPR, but I don't know. I think they're going to run the ball with David Montgomery a lot, especially in the first game of the year when, you know, everyone's kind of getting the rust off and really kicking it off. So – Hey, looks like Andre uh, are on the same page. I've been an advocate from David Montgomery since day one. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I think he's having a good, going to have a good game too. I think they they can both coexist as well. The way I look at Tariq Cohen is he's kind of like on the same level as um, what Reggie Bush did in his prime uh, back in the day with the Saints. He was never that you know workhorse kind of player. He was that X factor. Uh, slot ace kind of player on their offense that always carved out some sort of role, regardless of who else was at running back. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on here. So how about we we're gonna take a look at the walrus and <laughs> say it, Mark. Say it. <laughs> say um, it Mark. So we're, this is an R-rated podcast for this episode, just to name everyone's team names. Rental advisory. Say it. Uh, Lennon with the butt fucking and albatross. <laughs> Yes. That's um, pretty good. I, I, that, that is like the most vulgar 
<laughs> Try and picture well, that just for a second. I don't as of right now, <laughs> it's the worst name. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awful. I think you could be more creative. I talked to Andres. We had a discussion about his team name, and he agreed he's more creative than what was yours? No, it doesn't need to be said. <laughs> All right, his his was also terrible. Well, he we're gonna we're gonna see that as we get closer. Say what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about that one as we get to that match. Oh, we're we're definitely gonna talk about my team, my team, Mark. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> so, so what do, right what do before we... we start this one, can I ask you? Are you looking at ESPN on your computer? Yeah. Is it not showing you like projections with players? Yeah, it doesn't have the projections in yet. Um, yeah, that's on my phone. It has them on the phone, but it doesn't have it uh, okay. on the computer. Um, it has win probability fifty-one percent to Lennon. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's so, that's what I'm too. I was just curious if it was just well, our end. Actually, no, it does have it. Um, win probability, it's actually fifty-one percent to Nate. It's, ESPN has gotten worse with their analytics as the years go on. Honestly, their projections are so bad. And yeah, they, it's um. I think they just pay less and less attention to it, which right. is pretty backwards because they really should pay more and more attention with the with the growth of the fantasy football industry. But um, Mark, yeah. You still there? Okay, I kind of cut off for a sec, but I think we're still. What do we, what do we think about Keep this going. matchup here? Matchup. I think Lennon's got some pretty good players. I really like the fact that he kept um, Cooper receiver. I have him in my other league, and Adam Thielen. He's got two really solid wide receivers. He's got two really solid running backs, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, honestly, this year, Lennon's, Lennon's got a decent squad, I got to say. Uh, compa- Nate does have Alvin Kamara, but other than that, I don't really see any other players that worry me too much besides Tyler Boyd on Nate's team. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Lennon on this one. I think it's a pretty solid – I'm going to say 70% chance that Lennon wins this matchup. I'm going to agree with Andres on that. I really, really like Lennon's team this year. I like what he did with it. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be a top five running back, or, or even his handcuff, Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Madison's going to slide right in there and uh, pick up where he left off. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think um, he definitely has the most balanced team here. Mm-hmm. Um, worried about, you know, like OJ Howard, he's kind of 50 50 as well. He's a little bit more reliable than Mark Andrews when we were talking about him before. Yeah. Um, but then when you look on the other side, Nate's, Nate's throwing out there Darren Waller. Right. Um, Which could be good. But as of right now, I mean, you got to go with Lennon. I mean, it's he's a- got some really underrated players on his team. Yeah, Nate's rolling out the uh, Hard Knocks hype team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, with Josh Jacobs as well. Um, the one thing I would say about Nate's team is Kenny Galladay has a fantastic matchup against Chris Jones um, here with um, here with the Arizona Cardinals. So I could actually see Kenny Galladay having a really great day week one. Um, Amari Cooper, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Alvin Kamara, you're going to get points out of him. Um, and Josh Allen and Jameis Winston are going to – so I think it's actually going to be closer than we think, but I do agree. Um, you know, I think that Lennon, Lennon probably pulls out with this matchup here. I think he, yeah, I think he's got a playoff team. Well, you know, it's the first – it's not even the first game of the season yet, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As where we are right now, I think he's got a solid squad. Yeah. Safe to say, we're all team running here. All right, so let's let's go ahead and move on. Um, we're going to take a look at 
Derek and Dennison. Mm, interesting. So Derek, I'll let you lead lead this one off here. All right. Well, I'll just start by saying I was extremely disappointed by the retirement of Andrew Luck. So that kind of fucked up my team. Yeah. Can I actually jump in here? Um, see, so we're kind of out of luck on that one. <laughs> yeah. That was my team name at one point was all out of luck. So <laughs> I just um, I feel like the second Andrew Luck um retired here no one heard from Derek like in the group chat or <laughs> he was um, having his own private we like, didn't we sit. didn't we didn't do the podcast last week um no one really heard from Derek so I don't know like he must have like locked himself in a room and cried sitting in a corner considering so everybody in the room is laughing and nodding their heads including my girlfriend <laughs> I would say yes that's pretty true yeah um, he has a shrine set up in here. It's kind of nice, honestly. Even yeah, very, and even the puppy, fun. even the puppy was um, pretty disturbed with, very, with Derek's quite behavior. Quite disturbed. I've had to show him many pictures of Andrew Luck, a face he'll never get to see play football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I um, it's one of those things in in football where you'll never forget, you know, the moment of something like that happening. Like with like with Shazier when he got hurt and they had to stretch him off. He could like never walk. Well, now he's walking, I guess, but. I don't know. It was it was one. It was so shocking, even for all the analysts. It just it kind of came out of nowhere. And the Colts, it seems like some of them in their organization knew because they the GM didn't seem all that surprised. And then they dish out this extension to Jacoby Brissett with all the confidence in the world that he's their guy. So I think that says a lot about the way Andrew Luck has been discussing this with the um, the organization. Yeah. So um, pretty rough news there, which really set you back because before you're going to have Andrew Luck and Drew Brees. Now you've got Drew Brees and Jacoby Brissett. And Andy Dalton. Don't forget about that. Yeah. And Andy Dalton on the bench. Um, <laughs> Where he belongs. So the I'm just looking at your team. I mean, any chance you would even squeeze in Austin Eclair over Jacoby Brissett in that OP spot? Uh, I don't think so. I'm the the more confidence the Colts put in Jacoby Brissett, the more confident I feel in him. And his first season with the Colts, when he was taking over for Luck while he was injured, he was a top twenty-five quarterback, and he didn't know the offense at all, and he was brand new there. Now he's had a bunch of time. With I'm sorry, did you say top twenty-five quarterback? Yeah, when he's when he started there. Right, but like you do realize, there's like thirty two teams total. it means that he could be seven quarterbacks worse right there could but he's be not seven quarterbacks worse he, so he like, could he could be 32nd yeah, exactly. but he wasn't what's 25 <laughs> out of 32 like 75th percentile he's like yeah there's you know a quarter of the population that's worse than him and yeah yeah mark we know the math come on now um okay i mean i guess i don't know like you know in a two quarterback league if everyone starts two quarterbacks you got 24 total um and i would even argue some of those the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th quarterbacks, probably you're probably starting a position player over those guys anyway. So Really? Quarterbacks are so consistent. They'll get you 10 to 15 on their worst days, which is what you would expect from some guy you're picking up off the way that you would hope they would get that actually. Agreed. Well, I guess we'll see, but um, I think he'll be okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be better than 25th. I was kind of giving you a hard time on that because that was a weird <laughs> thing No, no, to throw I see, I see him as a top 15, honestly. Yeah. 
Top 15, okay. Like 15th, maybe. Um, I, he's somewhere between 15 and 20 for me. So um, I think he's startable in that OP spot. Um, but I would actually consider Ekler just because of the catchability out of the backfield. Um, and with this being a full PPR, he can easily jump that 10 to 15 point range. If he gets a touchdown, he's scoring 15 to 20. So um, I, I would, I personally put, I'm putting Ekler in over Brissett, but that's of course your biased Colts call there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and my belief that quarterback is always safer than throwing in a position player. But what's what's funny is that that's probably going to decide your matchup too because they're playing each other. So I feel like there's a strong scenario where they they could both potentially do well, but there's a strong scenario where Austin Eckler has a dominant game and Brissett does not, or um, Brissett has a dominant game and Eckler does not. Oh yeah, it could go the other way. I just personally think there's more probability that Eckler has a better game than Brissett. So. Um, I, I, the way I look at this though, I think Dennison's team is just really strong here from top to bottom. He's got Mahomes and Kelsey. He's got Cam Newton, which by the way, is Cam Newton healthy? Yeah. I mean, as healthy as he's going to go with that shoulder. Yeah. Never 100% again after that. I agree with Andres. We're never really going to know how healthy Cam Newton is. So that's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, but I I would imagine he's still going to put up a good 20 points here. And then he's got carry on with Chris Carson, Juju Smith, Schuster, and Josh Gordon, D.D. Westbrook, um, Ravens defense, which that might be the highest scorer on his team against the Dolphins. Right. Um, so he's got some juicy matchups here. Um, I'm not as – I think I've mentioned it on one of our previous episodes, but certainly not as high on Juju as some other people are. <laughs> And D.D. Westbrook, I don't have any faith in either. So um, I think it's going to come down for Denison and seeing what happens with Josh Gordon. Yeah, Josh Gordon's a complete wild card. And that's not somebody I want on my team, but him being a Browns homer, uh, I think he'll always go back to the well. So, And he, he does have a tough matchup with Mahomes and Kelsey going against Jacksonville. So it's going to – I think this is – a pretty close game i do think that denison squeezes it out here so i, I, I gotta say i think denison's team is better although he does have a lot of question marks going forward carry johnson's really good he's in a really good situation but he hasn't really proved it yet you know what i mean he's in the good situation he has the talent but then you got to execute which he hasn't done completely yet so i think carry on johnson's a good player and so is chris chris carson's in the same sort of situation i mean they spent a high no, draft on i disagree carson. on that I, I'm saying they're in good situations as of right now, but there are, th- there are other uh, things going on in the background. Like, I think Rashad Penny is going to be a, a great player this year, and he's going to get – So, I Chris completely Boston. disagree with that. Rashad Penny's looked god-awful this preseason. Chris Carson, it's been announced and reports have came out multiple times that he's going to get, you know, close to 50 catches out of the backfield or at least a bunch of um, – uh, attempts his way out of the backfield. Sounds like coach speak to me. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I don't. I don't think if coach speaks. No, Pete Carroll actually is historically known for when, you know, when when he finds his running back, he he makes them the bow cow. So I think they've made that decision on Carson at this point. Um, I don't know. Last year they had Chris Carson too, and they 
they were pretty evenly split. Like there were running backs in like ten touches a game. Chris Carson, you're wrong. He's the last man on the roster. Even, that, that's actually statistically wrong as well. Carson had the majority okay. of carries last year. Um, so I think you should check your 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 numbers. Before, I will. We'll uh, come back to this. We'll come back before, before you throw, throw, throw some shit on the wall here. Let's um, let's, uh, let's bookmark this. We'll we'll come back to it. All right. I mean, we can easily come back to it, but you okay. know, let's let's talk about it after week one because I I'm agree. pretty sure Chris Carson is going to dominate the workload. After well, week we'll come one back here. to. Well, I think we'll have a few points and grievances we can come back to later, Mark. Looks and like Cincinnati Cincinnati run defense is is really um, is really, in my opinion, a pushover. So I don't disagree. I'm, I'm just saying, I think Rashad Penny is going to get a lot of work, too. No. <laughs> look, look at this. It looks like Andres has locked himself in another visit to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I would say, actually, it's going the other way here. Throwing out some, some jabroni you know, logic there. Wow. Okay. Jabroni. Jabroni. Okay. I kind of like that. I like jabroni. I like the debate. It sounds like a sausage. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's move on here. Let's let's just talk about Andres' matchup against Tackett. Please let's talk. Let's talk about my team. The worst. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and go on a limb here. I'm gonna say the worst drafted team in the league is clearly gonna lose this matchup. So I'm gonna go attack it. I think it's. I mean, (laughs) my team's just a pushover at this point. So yeah, good for. What do you think, Derek? Um, I, I love Tackett's running backs, McCaffrey and Mark Ingram. Um, I don't know about his quarterback situation. I like Kirk Cousins as a QB too. Dak Prescott kind of concerned when you have DeAndre Hopkins in your lineup to go with those, um, running backs there. I feel pretty confident in this team. Yeah. One thing I saw or, um, noticed the other day was Dak Prescott's, um, numbers were, eerily almost identical to Philip Rivers last year. Um, that was really surprising to me in the sense that I, I thought Dak didn't really I – didn't, I didn't think he put up that many points, and maybe I'm overestimating Philip Rivers a little bit too. Um, I think I believe Dak bit... Prescott got a lot of numbers when Amari Cooper got traded, so I think yeah. he kind of like blew up around then. Exactly. Um, so with having Amari in a full season, like – I feel pretty good about Dak. I'm a little concerned about Kirk Cousins as a Vikings fan. Um, Going to be run heavy this year. A little bit more run heavy, but um, we'll, we'll see. I think Kirk Cousins can hold down the fort in that OP spot at least. Um, how do we feel? I mean, personally, I'm looking at Mark Ingram and Tevin Coleman. I'm not saying I, I would start Mark Ingram 100% this week against Miami. But I could see him rotating Tevin Coleman in to Mark Ingram's spot in certain in certain situations. It depends on how that Tevin Coleman Matt Breda split works out. Matt Breda's seriously undervalued every year, so I think you get more work than. I mean, this is only the second year that Breda's in the league. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what I'm, last year he was really good. I think he's undervalued. So, I mean, he wasn't that good last year. Matt Breida, he was leading the league after like three or four games. Obviously, it didn't pan out. I, didn't I think he had way. like I think he had like two game. It was a two game stretch, and then he got hurt. And then he came back and played and was pretty good. He had like and then got five hurt. plus yards per carry or something. Yeah, he, he can't stay on the field. That's the problem. Like the you know, I, I personally think that you know, I've been saying this as well since. 
the offseason that Tevin Coleman is going to be, and especially now that McKinnon's out, which not surprising to me whatsoever. The guy can't stay on the field either. Um, I think Tevin Coleman gets a full workload here with, you know, obviously Brett Breida can come down as a third down back, but um, Coleman's got a, a shot to be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Uh, I think RB2 is pretty safe for Tevin Coleman. I don't see him reaching RB1 because they do want to get uh, Brita work, and I could even see Most- Mostert getting some work in there too. Yeah, but um, I-, I like Tevin Coleman a lot this year. I've even tried to trade for him, but apparently 80% of the teams in this league are trade embargoed until the season begins because they want to, quote-unquote, see how good their players are before they start talking trade. So that's fair in a certain degree to a certain degree. Like I think, um, like I think you always standard. have to trade. That's pretty standard in most leagues, though. <laughs> like a lot of people don't want to move their team before the season even starts. So, but I don't blame <laughs> Situations change before the season even begins. Like I, I don't want to trade my team. I like my team, but I was forced to because Andrew Luck retired. So I just think when when that happened too, then Tackett should have been you know kind of. I even offered Tackett, Julio Jones, and Stephon Diggs for T.Y. and Hopkins, which I don't know. I thought it was relatively even. He wanted to dump T.Y., who I think is going to take a huge drop um, with Brissett there, because I think Brissett's going to use a lot of the tight ends. Um, but he, it, it's just completely no no trading until they see what their guys are made of. Um, um, I'm just looking at um... – Andres, your team. Let's uh, let's talk about my team after we finish talking about Tackett's uh, uh, team because I, I think oh I think we're ready to talk about your team. Oh, now. are we? Okay, yeah. yeah. Mark, before we start, I would I would dare you to say three nice things about my team, and then we can keep going. <laughs> if you can find three nice things to say about my team, I would be surprised. So this actually reminds me of third grade. Um, I said something. <laughs> I said something really mean to a girl in third grade. Yeah. My feelings, okay. Come on. I know, I know. Um, And 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 the teacher actually made me say three nice things about her in front of the whole class. It sounds like you didn't Um, learn learn your lesson there. (laughs) Come on, Mark. I didn't, and I'm not going to do it now. Like I actually, I actually only could come up with one thing, and then I stopped. Really, one nice thing. That's it. One good player on my team. All the other ones are bad. All right. So no, 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 I, I, I can come up with one. Um, I think you've got a pretty decent receiving core. Um, you know, with, with the combination of Odell, Odell's going to be Odell. He's going to be good. I don't think he's going to return the value that uh, in, in the round that you had him in. In my opinion, he's going to be the number one wide receiver in the league this year, or at least close to top, probably top three. So I think he's worth a first round pick in that case. Well, I think, hurt, I think you can though. make that argument. I just personally think that the ball is going to be spread around enough in uh, Cleveland. I um, also think that he's going to get off to a slow start, in my opinion, um, just trying to be acc- a little bit more acclimated in that offense. And uh, personally, I mean, Jarvis Landry has that built chemistry already with uh, Mayfield. So I wouldn't even be surprised if Landry over those first couple of weeks outproduced Odell. Um, so I just think it's going to, I would say a year from now, next next season with Odell could be a real. It could be that season. I just don't see it in year one. Uh, with that being said, he's gonna he's gonna put up points and he's a good receiver. 
Julian Edelman, um, he's the one sure receiver with yeah. the Patriots. Pretty much the really only – I mean, Josh Gordon's good, but he's, he doesn't really kind of step. Even last year when he got time with the team, he didn't really get into a group. So I Agreed. think Julian Edelman's, I mean, the de facto top target. But I think Josh Gordon will develop a role too. And I think I think the forgotten player – so, like, you have Christian Kirk, but I think the forgotten player, in my opinion, is um, Deshaun Jackson. I think him being – I agree. Of Philly – could be really interesting. I had him. I had him in my lineup instead of Christian Kirk for a while, but I've been waffling in between. I'm not sure who I'm going to start. This year. I, w- I was just about to say, like, I would, I would consider him over Kirk. I don't know if I could actually do it though. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I feel lucky that morning, I will. Hold on. I, I'm. It goes back to my quarterbacks. I really think the Eagles are going to be one of the best teams in the league this year, if not the best. And I'm so all in on the Eagles and Browns. I. That stack with Odell and Baker and Carson and Deshaun might just be too much not to not to put up. I don't know. So Christian Kirk draws Rashawn Melvin. I don't really know what would happen in that matchup there, besides the fact that Crabtree for the for the Cardinals. So so here here's what the matchups look like. Michael Crabtree is actually going to draw Darius Slay. Oh, that's good news for Kirk. And Larry Fitzgerald, um, although not Larry as much. Larry has Justin Coleman, so really the only of the three receivers that has basically like a not necessarily a no-name player, but someone that surely could be beatable is Rashawn Melvin. Um, so if you're going to pick one Cardinals receiver, I think Kirk is probably the one to go with. If we look at um, Philadelphia here, I don't. Philadelphia, I don't really know what they're going to roll out with um, because I think I personally think actually J.J. Arcega-Whiteside um, could bite into he, – yeah. he looks really good. Um, but Deshaun Jackson is going to draw a little bit of Josh Norman. Um, and Alshon Jeffrey, it looks like, is actually going to be thrown up against Quentin Dunbar. So, um, but they're going to flip flop like those guys, the, the, those, they're not going to play man to man, in my opinion. I think they're going to play a lot of zone considering Deshaun Jackson with his speed and Alshon Jeffrey with, with his size here. So, um, expect some zone. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't mind Deshaun Jackson over Kirk, but I think I would probably just leave Kirk in for week one at least. Honestly, Mark, when I listened to the last podcast and listened to your draft analysis, I was so surprised we were so down. You completely skipped over the Joe Mixon pick, who I think is personally uh, RB1 this year. And then Greg Kittle. Why are you so down on Greg Kittle? This is a great pick in the third round. First of all, you're not even saying his name right. George Kittle. (laughs) Whatever. What? George Kittle. (laughs) That's what I meant. Um. I, I just uh, – I'm a little concerned about his – so George Kittle and C.J. Beathard, they had that kind of college connection um, where George Kittle and Garoppolo, uh, I think we've seen a little bit of them, right? But I, I don't think yeah. we've seen – we didn't see that kind of production that we saw last year with Beathard. Um, he's just He's just a little bit more of an unknown commodity to me, like – if I had – again, it's all relatively speaking. Like, I'm going to take George Kittle over Mark Andrews any day, right? But if I have to choose between Kittle and Ertz, I'm going to take Ertz every single time. I think if you look at the stats, I don't have them right now right in front of me. But Zach Ertz, like, scored a minimal amount, uh, amount of points more than George Kittle did last year. It's not really that different. He was that close to being – 
<clears throat> it wasn't a huge difference, but but you can rely more consistent. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my, well, point. my argument for George Kittle would be he's developing chemistry with a better quarterback from what we've seen. Or worst case scenario, <clears throat> Garoppolo gets pulled, and then they put in C.J. Beathard, who was confirmed as a backup, or Nick Mullins is confirmed Mullins as is a backup, backup over C.J. Beathard. Nick Mullins had good chemistry too with George Kittle. So honestly, sure. no matter the quarterback situation, he's either playing with a better quarterback or somebody who's a known quantity, and we know how good he can be with George Kittle. But because he broke out last year, don't you think that defenses are going to game plan a little bit more on George Kittle and force the 49ers receivers to have to make a play? Potentially. I mean, but he's still going to be a top three wide receiver, in my opinion. That's Top three. Yeah. He's he's got good size. He's got good hands. It's a lot of talent. It's not a fluke. He's not a system player like some players can. He's be. not a I'm, fluke. I just I'm I'm saying that I don't I don't see him as like I think it's a little fluky of him being in that top three every year. Agreed. Uh, you know I think George Kittle they recognize what kind of player he is last year, and I'm I mean that's why I drafted. I'm betting that he's going to be that guy for the 49ers this year, and they I mean they're trying to get a playoff spot, right? They're not trying to tank. They're trying to win. The reason I was down on you selecting George Kittle is nothing to do with the, the player and the talent. It has to do with where you selected him at. Selected third him bound at is third his round, average ADP. Which I think is way too high. I agree. I think we should be going in the fifth. Well, I think this is the part where we agree to disagree, and we'll let the production speak Fair enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit, revisit this again at the end of the year when we, we see George Kittle become tight end six. You know, it's funny. I was about to mention that all of my hot takes last year actually came true. What That's were so they? funny. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the highest uh, scoring player ever, which he was, which he was. He broke First of all, that wasn't a hot take, though. You called that after, like, week four After or two. It was, it was it the was, first time. It was, late it was two. It's two out of 16. All right. Another hot take you had was Derek would not make the playoffs. Okay. Derek well, that's entirely. Okay. okay, one, but I had three, and the other one was the Redskins were going to suck. Which they did. That's not a hot so, take. Again, the Redskins are terrible. That is a hot take. They were, they were a winning record at that point, right? They were just about to play the Saints. In week two? That's not a hot take in week two. <laughs> well, they came true regardless, okay? So, I'm taking part. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, lesson learned, we ignore Andres' hot takes. I don't mm-hmm. and and you know you, you, you meant we didn't we really didn't talk about Joe Mixon that much on the podcast and I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. Um, I just think there is, I think where you probably took him, there is probably other directions that I would go at that that early on in the draft. Although I was I about to say who it's the bottom of the second round. That was the eighth pick in the second. I don't round. even so think I bashed him that right, much. Like I don't I don't I don't mind Joe Mixon in the bottom of the second. Like. He's just he's going to be on a bad team. I think that's that's my downgrade to him is that you know they're going to fall behind a lot and they'll they'll stick Gio Bernard in there when they're trying to catch up. And I I have concerns about the offensive line. I have concerns about the entire team. The, the I think Andy Dalton is an underrated quarterback. They have a new. I, I mean, again, a lot of unknown um, aspects to Joe Mixon, which is a lot of players on my team to be fair. But I think he's got a good quarterback. Which Andy Dalton is underrated. He's got decent wide receivers to help him. He's got pass blocking ability, which means he'll be on the field for a lot. He's got good hands and a great runner. And he's supposed to touchdowns too. All right. So you're you're kind of destroying the credibility of our podcast right now. So we're just gonna move on. Um <laughs> let's talk about Caleb Well, can you go Jimmy. can you go from zero to zero? Am I right? Isn't it hurting? Hey, come on now, Andres. 
Um, Caleb and wow. Jimmy. Yes. So, Champion Kamish versus Amphetamines and Erections. What a Caleb team name. Um, Amphetamines and Erections. That's really interesting. I wonder Not- why he named his team that. Well, we, we wonder a lot of things about yeah. what Caleb does. Mm-hmm. So let's just not ask because it's going to turn into a whole thing. I don't think he, he, he even knows. About All right. So that. the I'm looking at Caleb's team. Right. The, the, I mean, obviously, uh, Antonio Brown's not playing um, after everything that happened over the last 24 hours. Right. I mean, that could change. Who knows what happens with that? But I heard it was something interesting. Like he could be voided of all his guaranteed money and become like a free agent yep. or something. That's crazy. It, and if he if they if they suspend him and he can be voided of that. He could either he, there's a pretty high chance he could just say fuck everything and just retire. <laughs> yeah. So it's very concerning with Antonio Brown right now. He's the Raiders give up lost a third his and mind. fifth round pick. That's yeah. That's a lot to lose for nothing. Honestly. Yeah. But at some point you gotta you gotta just yeah. they're they're fed up like I, and I totally understand yeah. why. I think it says a lot about Antonio Brown that they're fed up with him before yeah. the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's caused a lot of issues, and I don't know if, how much everybody out there listening to this knows about this situation, but apparently Mayock approached him at practice on the field, and they got in a shouting match, and then Antonio Brown told Mayock he was going to punch him in the face, and Bontez Perfect, Bontez Perfect, <laughs> broke up the fight. Like, are you serious? That's when you know you messed up. Yeah, exactly. violently beat on the team's like, all right, that's enough. Yeah, break it up. I agree. There's problems. There's problems there. Yeah, when when Von, when Bontez Burfik is the one breaking up the fight, like that's when you know, like that's when you know. Yeah, um, like that's the dirtiest player that the NFL has seen. In, well, besides uh, the Steelers guy, what was that Steelers guy? <laughs> Do you mean James Harrison? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm just looking at Caleb's team here. Like, Antonio Brown's not going to play. He's got Chris Conley. I, I didn't even know that Chris Conley was on the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> Making moves out there on the Jags, man. Yeah, I mean, he's not – he's literally not – he has not been on my fantasy radar unless Caleb knows something that the rest of us doesn't, which I highly doubt. Um. So I mean he's got he's got Kiki Kutsi, Anthony Miller, and Albert Wilson on the bench. Well, and Anthony Miller's was... not in the lineup yet, so that's probably not an option since he plays tonight. What's that? I said he's probably not going to use Anthony Miller since he plays tonight. And, yeah, like uh, first he's of not all, first of all, I'm putting Anthony Miller into the lineup if I was him. But he's by the time he hears this, if the game's going to have already started. Um. I'm sure he's listening. Very hard analysis. <laughs> um, the difference between Kiki Kutsi and Albert Wilson, I mean, Caleb's just in trouble, man. Like he's got, and he's got Evan Ingram and Vance McDonald. Like he spent high picks on Vance McDonald and Evan Ingram, and he can't play both because he's got Matt Ryan and Derek Carr. So he's in trouble. Um, Caleb might actually, at this point, have the worst team if Antonio Brown doesn't come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the tight end situation there, Caleb actually called me over the weekend because he had just listened to our podcast <laughs> and he was very upset with our distaste for him picking Evan Ingram and Vance McDonald. Yeah, it seems to be a lot of defamation going on in this podcast, honestly. <laughs> I, I had to, he, he couldn't understand why they were bad picks. 
I mean, the erroneous stuff that you've been throwing out all night. What is erroneous about my opinions? They're all just opinions to the point. It's the first game of the season. Nobody's even played yet, Mark. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go back and re-listen to this. I am glad to sur- I'll be right there. I, I can't wait. Good, good. <laughs> Anyways, he was pretty upset with us dissing on his tight end situation because he didn't understand why he thought that we were saying they were bad, but we were getting on him because he needed to fill other position voids like his third wide receiver, where Chris Conley is, instead of getting a second tight end that you can only play out of your offense spot. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a problem. He just had no, like, understanding of, like, where he should be taking players. Sometimes it's uh, okay to have a taco, you know? It throws it up a little bit. You know, it makes it up. I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, especially when, when we raised the dudes this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, so, I, it's, it's a little rough for Caleb. I think the season's already lost before it started. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he can make a move. Maybe he can trade. I, I, I personally think we talked about this last year at the very beginning of the season. Caleb has to make a trade. Yeah, he needs to trade one of his tight ends. Um, there's plenty of teams out there that could use the tight end. Caleb, make a trade. Make a trade. Make a trade. Move one of those guys. Yeah, and I'm just gonna remind you, Caleb, your and I's trade last year involving Devontae Adams worked out perfectly for your team. The only issue was you didn't do it soon enough for it to save your team. Exactly. Sounds like victim blaming me, Derek. Come on, man. Oh, come on now. (laughs) And can Um, we just note that all of his running backs, every single one of them are pass-catching running backs, like basically third down backs. Damian Williams, uh, I think LaShawn McCoy is taking the lead job. But to be fair, at the draft, that was a decent pick. At the draft, it was a decent pick. But now look at his squad. James White, Damian Williams, Gio Bernard, Naeem Hines, and Jalen Richard. He doesn't have a single goal line back. So he he's in trouble. He's got two kickers on his team as well. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kicker year, man. Come on, you're They're the kicker. All yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan is like his. Matt Ryan and Devonte Adams are like the two bright spots, in my opinion, and that's it. And Evan Ingram, so, yeah. Evan Ingram will be good, um, but again, just where he took him, he just kind of destroyed the value of his team. So let's move on for time's sake because we're. So less than 15 minutes out. Um, let's take a look at me and Kuhar. So we're in agreement that Jimmy's going to win that. And now we're, we're going to move yeah. on. Well, we don't even have to really talk about Jimmy's team. Yeah, good, good yeah, for you, Jim. Jimmy, Zeke now came that, back. Now that Zeke's back, there's, no, there's nothing to talk about. Right. right. <laughs> he, he's got a really good team, in my opinion. Oh, there's nothing um, really to talk about here either with you and Kuhar's matchup. Kuhar's yeah, let's gonna, talk about your team, Mark. Kuhar's going to wipe the floor here. <laughs> I completely agree, actually. You think Kuhar's going to wipe the floor? I do. I think Kuhar's got a ridiculously good team. It's, it's unfair, honestly. Nobody who puts in zero effort should have a team like that. Agreed. Um, so, I, I personally think I'm going to win. Um, so, I think Sean Watson is going to score more points than Tom Brady. I think Saquon is going to outscore Le'Veon Bell, but it's going to be close. I think Le'Veon Bell's going to put up nice points against Buffalo. Um, I actually think that Devontae Freeman will outscore Fournette. Um, Tyreek Hill, I'm definitely concerned about him, so I'll, I'll give him Mike Evans over Tyreek Hill uh, against San Francisco, absolutely. Uh, but I think DJ Moore can outscore Robert Woods, and I think that Will Fuller uh, can actually outscore Mike Williams. Um, and, and, and if he doesn't, 
And if Mike Williams outscores Will Fuller, I would say Delaney Walker trumps Hunter Henry because he's got Williams and Hunter Henry in his lineup. Uh, And Darnold and Trubisky, I think that's a toss-up. Bears defense clearly, in my opinion, I think tonight, I think that um, Khalil Mack is going to be chasing Aaron Rodgers all over the field. Um, And I'm really excited about my kicker acquisition and Matt Bryant. Oh, okay. You're excited about your kicker. Well, you've yeah. got Greg Zerline, who's the number one kicker. So, I'm not too worried about the kicker position, regardless. So. Are you sure? I hear that's like one of the highest scoring. It's a kicker so. year, man. We just saw it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I should have rostered three. <laughs> um, Caleb will teach you how. Yeah. No. And I feel really good. I, I personally think I have the most depth in our league too. With Montgomery, I got Geis, I got Ebron, I got Crowder. Um, I think Hunter Renfro gets an upgrade if Antonio Brown's out. Frank Gort is technically the starter in that backfield over Singletary. Um, and I have no idea what's going to happen with Paris Campbell and Randall Cobb, but I think there's some sneaky value between one of those two guys there too. I do think that you have great running back depth. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think your other positions on the bench are bad either. It's not that your team is really bad in my opinion, but I just think um... – I just think his his team is slightly better this week. I like the matchups more. I think I think my ceiling's higher here, and I, I think I win. I mean, I know I'm biased, but I do think I can I can win this matchup. So, especially if Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller connect on like two touchdowns, game over in my opinion. But Mitchell Trubisky is that guy who can put up five touchdowns or like one and two interceptions. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it really depends on this game tonight. That'll be big for Fuller. Yeah, really. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, it depends, it, and depends on what their game plan is. No one really fully knows what their game plan is going to be. So, um, so Derek, I think we want to wrap it up here, but let's just—I uh, do want to switch and entertain the triple flex league real quick. Yeah, why don't you describe uh, what this league setup is like to everybody? Yeah, so we wanted to do a draft that was a complete redraft league uh, with no keeper. But I also wanted to do a draft where it really came down to sheer skill. Uh, so we removed the defense position. We removed the kicker position. And I know, in a kicker year, right? Uh, <laughs> and then we also didn't – we don't have a tight end position, although you can roster a tight end. So what we did to replace those positions is we simply put in three flex spots. So in a 12-team league – it becomes really deep. Your bench is pretty thin um, when 12 teams are selecting primarily running backs, wide receivers, a few tight ends, and quarterbacks. So um, really interesting with this league, it was like pretty much – it felt like we were drafting with like 14 teams or 15 um, given what it looked like at the end of the draft there. Uh, but we're really excited to do this just because, you know, this is going to come down to, you know, really pure skill and – free agency acquisitions and whatnot. Um, so let's, let's just go into, I just want to hit on a, maybe a couple teams that, um, that aren't, that don't overlap with the Jonda league. Um, I'll hit on Chris Anaruma's team first in donkey punch. So he's actually playing me. So we won't discuss my team too much. Um, he's got Nixon and Ingram. He's also got Devonte Adams uh, Julian Edelman, Tyler Boyd, Drew Brees. He's got a pretty good team, in my opinion. Um, and I think my team's pretty banged up with with um, Jeffrey and Diggs already looking suspect for week one here. 
So I feel pretty good about his team. What do you think, uh, Derek? Yeah, with this being a half-point PPR instead of full, um, it changes things a lot. Running backs have a lot more value, which I totally underestimated how running back heavy this league was going to be. Um, but he, he did it right by picking Mixon and Ingram, so he has two bell cows early on. I just don't – Edelman loses a lot of value in a half-point PPR. So that's my concern with his team. Same with Fitzgerald and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, but in those flex spots, those guys will be pretty killer. Like, I'm actually worried about Robbie Robbie Anderson. Um, Like, the only guy I could see playing over Robbie Anderson, though, um, might be either Jordan Howard or I guess Deshaun Hamilton as well. Yeah, I think I'd play Jordan Howard over um, over Fitzgerald, probably. No, I would play him over Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I like Robbie Anderson. But uh, actually, I, I agree this week because he's up against Tredavis White. Um, but I like Robbie Anderson a lot this year. I think Robbie Anderson's decent. Um, I have a hard time playing Robbie Anderson over guys like Jarvis Landry, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. Um <laughs> I think Larry's still got it, like, obviously not in the same spot that he was in years past, but I think he's still – a shell of him, his former self is still worth your uh, third flex spot in a triple flex league. So, I, I like him over Robbie Anderson for sure. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and let's how, – how about we talk about real quick – um, Buffalo expectations. This is David DeBellis. It's eight thirteen, so we got about three minutes here. Um, anything about this guy's team? Uh, I do not like his running back situation with Kenyon Drake and James White. We just I just talked about how I don't like PPR running backs in half point PPR. Mm-hmm. He's got Breda, who is the one B to Tevin Coleman being the one A, um, but he's got those deep ball receivers like Tyreek Juju and Tyrell Williams, which Tyrell Williams is about to be a beast if Antonio Brown leaves. Yeah, I think Tyrell Williams is actually going to be really good. Um, so I really like that pick that he got. I think he actually grabbed him when I was trying to grab him, and he kind of snaked him from me in the draft. But, yeah, I agree. His running back situation is really rough. Um, the worst part about it is he drafted Melvin Gordon – our draft in this league was the night that Melvin Gordon um, was said to not play the entire season. So um, he drafted him, I guess, not seeing that news, uh, which is pretty unfortunate there. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Melvin Gordon um, is just not we'll going to go work ahead out. And I want to hit on just Andrew's team real quick, the Atlantic City Blackjacks. So and looking through this here, um, the one thing that sticks out to me is he sounds like he feels pretty good about Royce Freeman. He's throwing him into his flex starting spot. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm looking at the Columbus Capitals, sorry. Um, which his team is interesting, but I don't really like the fact. I think he's overrating. I think he thinks Dante Moncrief is going to be really good, and I don't feel that way at all. Same with Royce Freeman. See, I think. I think Dante Moncrief or James Washington, whoever emerges as the number two, is going to be a top top 15 wide receiver in fantasy. I think Washington takes that spot. Um, I don't think he's going to be top 15, but I think he takes that spot. And I also think that um, there's another – I think his last name is Johnson. 
I really don't know much about him, obviously, but um, that guy actually looked in the preseason better than Moncrief from everything that I saw. Well, Moncrief didn't play much in the preseason because he was the shoe-in wide receiver, too, on that team. Yeah, true. And he did get some work, but um, for some reason, I just don't believe Moncrief is going to play even a half season. Guys always hurt. Yeah, I mean, so. that that's the only wide receiver situation in the in the league that I was looking to handcuff for. I wanted Moncrief and James Washington in every single league. Um, I, I got at least one of them in every league I'm in, but I think that's going to be a great duo. So let's look at the Blackjacks real quick. So I just got to call out Andrew, like if he ever listens to this. Um, like Andrew, notoriously in all of our fantasy leagues, is known for making the most trades and harassing people until they trade with him. Sounds like somebody um, we know in our league, honestly. Who could that be? <laughs> no, you don't even know, Andres. This this is on another level. Oh, really? Somebody's more pushy than Derek with trades? Over the course yes. of the fantasy baseball season. So, Mark and I's fantasy baseball season, this guy's in. Over the season, he made 24 trades. That's a lot? Is that a lot? Are you serious? I don't know how to play fantasy football. I, I, think, I, I think I was I know you don't know how to play before. fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Do you guys have a stat correction section of your podcast? Because I just looked it up, and Matt Breida was actually not a rookie last year. He was a rookie in 2017. <laughs> so I just want to bring that up. You know, oh, so not what? Not that he... I was really thinking about it or anything. I was just, you know, I just casually thought about that. Well, that's interesting because maybe he was actually considered a rookie last year because he never even signed on with the team or made it past the practice squad. Let me look that up. Stat correction. <laughs> Andres is Googling your ass right now. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> I mean, look, Brita, I don't think Brita played a single down in 2017 if he uh, wasn't a rookie last year. So. Yeah, he, he, had, he had a minimum role, but he finished with 465 rushing, two rushing touchdowns, 21 receptions, 180 receiving, and one receiving touchdown. That was the year when uh, Carlos Hyde, I think, yeah. got hurt and Brady came in. Okay, I got it. Like at the end of the season, That's like how I knew 15, 16, 17. Okay. Year. I mean, look, I stand corrected, but he's still like – Irrelevant just, player. You know, just a little tidbit. I thought, you know. So. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll Andres you got Mark this time. Wow. <laughs> of course, it's got me on Matt Breida's Matt Breida's last uh, two games of that season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is good. So let's just real quick with Andrew's team. The one thing I would say is he's probably his team's probably going to look completely different by the time the end of the year comes around, <laughs> um, just because of the amount of trades that he makes, but. I think he's got a problem with his flex spots. I think his depth is pretty rough, and I think part of that is attributed to the fact that he drafted two tight ends. Um, when you play a league where you don't have to get a tight end, don't grab a tight end unless you have, like, one of the top five guys. And he is Delaney Walker, um, who I think could be potentially the fifth best tight end, uh, but that's at his best. And he also has Trey Burton, who he's trying to, like – actively trade Trey Burton and honestly I don't know why you would ever want to trade for Trey Burton in a league that you don't need to play a tight end yeah I'm not a believer in Trey Burton at all last year was supposed to be his breakout year it never happened there's too many mouths to feed on that offense I just don't think it's ever gonna happen with the Bears for him he's like a gadget player anyway honestly he's like I mean don't get me wrong he was good in the playoff run for Philly but I don't know if he has like that 75 to 100 catch season and then like a lot of greatness too all right, guys, so um, uh, this, the volume's acting a little weird on this. I think that's really it here. 
Um, we didn't even cover all the teams in the Triple Flex League, but it's just about to be 820. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. It was nice to kick off the NFL season here. Mm-hmm. Um, these are your fantasy football bros signing off. And uh, enjoy, everyone, the week one of the NFL season.